When people think of the future, when people think of the future, they think technology. Tech, tech, tech. Take a drive through town. What do you see? You don't see tech, do you? This is the On Grade Podcast. This show is about construction and the people who make it happen. Whether you want to start your own business, grow your business, or learn more about construction, we'll have on the pros. From business owners to industry leaders, you'll hear about new equipment, building a company, and growing your business, and how the construction industry is changing. Let's do it. This is the On Grade Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Brandon Weinlein and Devin Boudreaux. Hey, everybody. Welcome to On Grade. This is episode 23. Devin Boudreaux is in Canada, up visiting some family. And because of our lovely United States government, because of the way his visa and stuff is working, he has to sit up there for 30 days. Until he can come home. So I'm joined tonight by a very special guest and a very good friend of mine. And most of the listeners probably know him, Mr. Eric Struberg. How are you, senor? Not too bad. How are you? Oh, you know, it's a Friday evening. I'm sipping on some cold water. and (laughs) (laughs) You just got to get the big Stanley Cup. Be a basic bitch. I need to get Stanley to sponsor us, even though I don't have any other shit. I'm a Milwaukee uh, guy. If this doesn't tell you about my past, this is actually a Pelican. So oh, we got the go. gun, gun cases unlocked. Yeah, right? yeah. That's what all the goodies were in. That was good <laughs> yeah. shit. You knew that was the stuff that you knew that was oh, the stuff. Got a Pelican that, case? I want it. I don't care what yeah. it is. I don't, it I don't even care what's on what's in it. No, I just want the no. Pelican case. Dude, this that my service truck has fifty fifty pack out from Milwaukee and Pelican cases. Yes. So like, what's this foam like? Is just leave it. Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sometimes I feel like I feel like Alan from The Hangover. Like, don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Keep walking, old man. <laughs> <laughs> we had a special thing happen today. Uh, I yeah, want to give buddy. a shout out to to my my brother from another mother, Mr. Colt McCormick. Everybody knows him as the Certified Wrench. He had a very special thing happen for him today. And uh, his son was born, and he was born at 9.34 a.m. this morning, and his name is Lucas. Got to give him a mini Harley. I know. Yes, sir. He was born at 8 pounds, 15 ounces. So we just became uncles. Look at that. Yes. Danger. And uh, Miss Certified Wrench did a great job from what I'm reading in the post on Instagram. Yeah. Now we can now we can be the cool uncles, get them motorcycles and guns and all the yeah. stuff that every kid growing up. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we definitely need to have like a, a you know like the the Trump on the tank with the screaming yeah. eagle and the American yeah. flag and the fireworks and then going can, off. And we can get uh, old James out there with his magic tool bus to fix the battery when it dies. Exactly. Is that wrench certified? <laughs> So I uh, want to also give a shout-out to my other brother from another mother, Mr. James Devinney. I asked him if he could guest host for me tonight since Devin couldn't be here. Unfortunately, he was going to his brother's his brother's homecoming game. Yeah, he's got a younger brother. Yeah, he's got a little brother. Yeah. I'm I'm the youngest, so I don't have that problem. So Yeah. 
Everybody's like, oh, you're the youngest. You must have got spoiled. I didn't get fucking spoiled. I didn't get shit. See, I was the oldest one, so I had all the rules. Yeah, you had all the rules, but you also got new shit, whereas everybody yeah. else gets the hand-me-down shit. Yeah. Well, I moved into I moved into Dad's hand-me-downs at like twelve, so let's you know <laughs> we we wasn't we wasn't little for long. Uh, those are my boots. No, they're our boots. <laughs> so, Eric, let's tell everybody your story, man. And which it's I know it's a pretty incredibly badass story. So let's I don't go know ahead about and that. But, start your intro, man. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I was, I'm a heavy equipment mechanic, um, for lack of a better term. Um, I was in the army for a while. Um, and then yeah, went, went, to ca- <laughs> went, 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 I took advantage of the fact that they let me go to college while I was in the army. So, uh, my degree is probably surprising. I have a bachelor's in public administration and political science, and I have a minor in applied mathematics and economics. And then when I was getting ready to get out, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I know I didn't really want to do anything in politics, but equipment kind of always fascinated me. Being a small town in Wisconsin, born and raised, John Deere was everywhere. I mean, it was just a farm country. John Deere offered, they call it like the CSP which is like the certified service program. And it's kind of like a helmets to hard hats thing. So John Deere was like, hey, we'll give you access to all these online classes. You take them, you pass your tests, and we'll guarantee you an interview somewhere. So I got online and started burning to classes. And like, as soon as I was queued up, they're so short for text that they're like, you're hired. Like, we don't care if you have certs. We want, we'll train you here. We just need people here. So I started a small like farm, like egg and turf shop and working on all of their diesel farm equipment and then like skiddies and compacts and like the big wing mowers and um started cruising through the certifications and taking advantage of all the training they had and then i moved up to a construction only site and started working on like the yellow iron that's kind of where i really dug my teeth in because that company had a lot of funding for training and the csp pays for all of my training so for the first two years that i worked for them they paid for every class so i went like my first seven months there, I was gone probably one to two weeks a month out of state going to training. So I went from not knowing anything to having capstones or like the master certifications in every piece of construction equipment except one in under a year, um, which was awesome. The downside was you learn a lot really quick and everybody just assumed that once you had the capstone that you were like the dude. I'm like, I might be certified in graders, but I can tell you right now that I could not grade a parking lot. I don't know how any of this shit works. Like, I know how to troubleshoot it, but like, you don't really know, you don't have a lot of time wrenching because I was gone for training. So coming back, the expectations were a little different, but it was good to get the training. And then when I left John Deere, I had like 900 or 950 John Deere accreditations and I moved from there to Volvo Mine Group, so Volvo Equipment, which is just a different shade of yellow with some fancy orange handrails. What I learned quickly there was the mine world is very different than the construction world in the sense that they have no budget for repairs. They want it done now. They don't care if you drive 12 hours and they pay double time on a Sunday because for every hour that machine's down, they're losing significantly more money. So like when we used to go up, we'd work on any of the mine equipment, but like I cut my teeth in a, a PC 4000 shovel, which is a fairly large piece of equipment. 
I had to go up and repair one of the cylinders and that machine was losing them like 60 or $65,000 an hour. So me and three other guys drove our service trucks all the way up to Virginia, Minnesota, which is like a three or four hour drive. So three service trucks, three service techs, everybody had every part we could possibly need on the truck rolling dirty. Cause we for sure didn't scale. <laughs> and We got up there and we're like ripping this thing out and getting it swapped out. And, we got the thing done in like three hours, like completely pulled, resealed, rehosed, refitted. And the amount of money they lost while the machine was down for six hours total, because three hours to get there, they didn't even look at our bill. They just gave us a credit card and said, you know, swipe it, run it for whatever. Like, we don't care. Just, you know, go get a hotel or whatever, we'll pay it. But um, that was cool to see like kind of a different level. Unfortunately for that, it was non-union. Um, and I've been kind of playing with the idea of union. I didn't know much about them, but after looking at the pay scales, I was like, mm, union seems to be the ticket here. So when I left, I went to a union company for like a $10 an hour raise. And then on top of that, I got my pension, 401k, um, all the union health benefits that were covered. Um, and that was, especially because I have kids, the benefits there were big enough that that was that's what sold me on it. The money was nice, but the benefits and the, the package is what, what got me into the union. And now I work for, I technically work for Manitowoc Crane and one of their subsidiaries that, that does service. But now I work on, my co- my company will hold me out to anybody that wants equipment repaired or trucks. So I kind of work on everything. Like this morning I worked on a trailer and this afternoon I worked on a wheel loader from Cat. And next week I'm in the Dakotas. But I work on any crane that Manitowoc makes. So Potane, which are tower cranes, Manitowoc, which makes crawlers and tower cranes, Grove, which makes crawlers, carryalls, deckovers, all terrains, which are like telescoping. So like a 6300 GMK from Grove is a 265 foot boom that can lift, you know, 360 tons, which is a lot. If you don't know cranes, that's a that's a pretty big truck that drives down the road but they also own we also deal in pal fingers which is what you're going to see on 99 percent of service trucks the big knuckle pal fingers which are getting popular in cities because they can pick up stuff on the road but yeah anything telehandlers jlgs genie lifts which is cool but it definitely presents a new challenge every day because you know i might have worked on one jlg but tomorrow i go work on an ultra boom that I've never seen it before. I mean, it's all nuts and bolts at the end of the day, but how the systems work, especially now that everything is so tech driven, that's really where you have to learn. But yeah, it's it's been cool. It's a, it's a it's cool to kind of see how far I've come in a relatively short period of time of wrenching. But you have those days where you're like, man, I don't know shit. <laughs> you get out and you're like, clicking the monitor, like, yeah, it's broken. I have no idea what why it's broken, but we're gonna dig into it. But and then there's some days where they're like, hey, can you weld this? I'm like. Easy peasy. Let's burn it. I got to say, I give you guys nothing but respect, man. It is one of the most thankless jobs in our industry is the guys that go out there and fix everything for us. And, you know, when I had Colton on, I said the same thing, but Black Flag takes care of all my stuff where we use Heave. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He ain't sent me a hat yet. Yeah, I got a hat. I got a hat and a shirt, and I was stupid, and I washed the shirt, and now it's like a schmedium. I'm like, you know what? I don't need a crop top today, but, you know. Guns out, am I? Yeah. Beer guts yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. You got nothing. You know, women will show the titties. Why can't I show the titties? Whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, got, I mean, I've been working hard on these motherfuckers. 
Mm-hmm. Double cheeseburgers, bro. No. Yeah, killing it. <laughs> but yeah, one one thing an operator pointed out, and I guess I never really thought about it, um, but he's like, I don't know how you do it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, if the machine breaks down, it's a bad day for us and we're scrambling. That's all you deal with. You don't ever go to work and it's just like a smooth ride day. I'm like, well, thank you for pointing that out. Um, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> thank you for reminding me that every day is a shit show. Like there's some days you're like, I got to burn, you know, I got to weld up a boom and I got to weld this on. And like welding days used to be like, I didn't weld, I couldn't weld that well. And now I've done a lot of classes and certifications and it's better. And now welding's like, if I can weld all day, cruise control, throw the hood on, throw some tunes on and just fucking burn it. But yeah. without fail, you'll be welding something and you're like, well, that's fucking broken too. Shit. You tell me like, yeah, just tear it out. I'm like, all right, I guess we're doing a final drive today, so that's a cool plus. But So let's clarify something, though. You yeah. are a mechanic welder. Yeah, I am not a welder. I'm no, a no, 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 no. I want to I tell the listeners this because everyone that's ever pipelined has dealt with a fucking welder, and those yeah. guys are fucking Casanovas. Yeah. Oh, your ba- so, your bail hole is not yeah. dug with the steps yeah. exactly one by one. Yeah, they so want, I can they get want, they want steps oh going down. God, they don't want, hey, bro, you see that orange thing with rungs on it? It's a ladder. Fucking throw it in the pit. Yeah, go. dude, go down there right. and tie the shit in, man. Fucking right. shit. Now, some don't get me wrong. There's a ton of them that are complete badasses. Like I right. know a ton and they of have them. A, Right. But, and like dude, I got some of, I got buddies out there, like in you know, Dave up in Canada and Danny down in Arizona, like those fuckers yeah. will fix and burn anything. But you also oh, have yeah. dudes that are like, you know, they got their hundred and fifty dollar Ariat shirts and they're fucking <laughs> Yeah, it's they're like my custom my, made welding hood. <laughs> right. I'm like, hey man, I know a guy down the road that's got a sugar scoop that was forty five dollars with a fixed ten shade and he'll outburn every single buddy. Like Good kudos to them. Like I have fancy well hoods because my company saw fit that under the safety budget, which doesn't exist. So like I got, you know, like an ESOP, like a four hundred dollar ESOP, and then I got a PAPR for doing confined welding. So I got like a three thousand dollar three M PAPR. But on the end of the day, for them it's safety. There's no no issue, which I I appreciate. But I'm a mechanic who welds, and with this company because crane service and stuff like that, we do a lot more welding than I would. Yeah, like heavy equipment like some guys will burn some teeth on or you know a cutting edge or, or patch something but like yeah you know when you have to go out and weld a boom and it's got to be you know you look at the spec and it's like you need a root pass you need to preheat to this temp you need to take a picture that it's been preheated to that temp you have to do this pass you have to do this number of cap passes you know this rod has yep. to be used like my service truck i'll give major props so the company i work for part of their business is truck outfit so they build service trucks Right. When I got my truck, they said, all right, what do you like? What do you want to change? So I pulled all the drawers out. I put whatever drawers I wanted in it. I got to pick everything in my truck. So like my truck has all of my mechanics tools, right? Which is pretty extensive, but I run, I have a Bobcat 250 welder. I have a carbon arc gouging setup so I can air gouge. I have a plasma cutter from Hypotherm that runs off of that. On top of that, I have a full cutting torch, rosebud setup. What else do I run on there? I have a hydraulic power unit so I can run. Like if a machine goes down or a PTO goes down on a truck, I can just plug my power unit into it and I can run the crane from my service truck. That's awesome. But, you know, I have that. I also have a rod of it on my truck. So my truck has anything that I want except space. You know, that's (laughs) kind of a prime necessity. 
I notice now you don't hardly see anybody running like the Millers anymore on the trucks. I have a Bobcat 250 on my truck. Um, that's what it came with. Yeah, a lot of the trucks down here, it's the same thing. They're all running the Bobcats now. They're not running the Millers anymore. Nope. Well, Miller, a Miller's made by Bobcat. Oh, is it? So Bobcat, Bobcat's a Miller, yeah. So, But I'm looking to upgrade my welder so I can carbon gouge bigger stuff because I need more than 250 amps. So we just priced out. Lincoln Red Face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll tell you what. You might have that digital screen. There ain't nothing like a Lincoln. Okay. Man. I don't know if you heard, but I will. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't tell from the pipelining truck that the Denali on 26 is. Yeah. I see. I, I noticed in the parking lot, man. Right next hey, to the other hey 75. Man. Hey, man. That welder weighs 4,000 pounds, man. That's why I got to drive a dually. Yeah. That and your ego. <laughs> So my buddy, man, he's a he's my he's my welder. He comes out, fixes all our stuff. He drives yeah. an F two fifty. Doesn't even have a flatbed. He's got a custom bed they yeah. built himself, but it's a two fifty single wheel. Yeah. He hauls around a Lincoln Red Face just like everybody else. He's got his night his oxygen tank on there, his yep. gas on there, everything. It's welded, you know, built. He's got it all set up. Yep. He tells me all the time. He's like. It's a ninety six seven three. Like he's like, I right. built this truck. Like it's badass. Right. It's the nicest it does truck on everything the road. I need. You're right. Yeah. Like, yep. What's funny because the guy that used to do line boring for us, uh, everybody's expecting like either the pipeline truck or like this big fancy rig. This dude pulled up in a fifteen hundred Silverado with a Miller Trailblazer in the back and all of his other stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. He'd come out and he could rebore fucking anything. And he pulled up on site and people were like, What are you here for? He's like, oh, I'm the line boy. They're like, Where's your stuff? He goes, He's in the bed of the truck. So when I got where I got good at welding was being in coil, doing coil tubing yeah. in the oil field. Yep. You have to know how to weld. So yep. they make everybody from the day you start there, like if we're not yep. doing anything, we're in the shop. They make yep. they have you yep. they have you welding. They have you burning yep. rods. Like yep. so I learned how to do TIG, arc, and uh wire feed. Because that's the yeah. t- three they normally use, depending on what you're welding. But if you're welding actual yeah, pipe, I don't TIG. There's we have a guy in our shop that does um, for some of the aluminum stuff or the stainless stuff. But like yeah. I don't, I don't TIG. I have a suitcase, but the suitcase runs. You know, I can run regular core. I can run yeah. flux. Flux is kind of where all the truck stuff's going now for rigid. Like you get the same level that you would on stick, but you get it on you know basically a big metal glue gun. Yeah. Man, the the guys that do the arc welding, man, like I watch them their videos. They just it's they're like freaking artists, dude. They sit there and it's yeah. Well, yeah, like I'm you like, see some of the you see some of the TIG art, and it's funny because like there's a lot of really great um, guys. Like they can be some great art, but they don't weld structure, and the structure guys can't do this. And but then you you run across a couple guys like um, Nate Bowman, for example. Uh, I think on Instagram he's weld scientist. I met him at Con. I've known him for a while. He actually lives up with my parents in Oregon and he's like the Lincoln guy. Like for his, he works for a well department and he comes up with solutions, but like he was out at, I think it's L and H machining. And like, you think you see big stuff and they're machining like a sprocket pin. That's like 18 inches. And that's one of 40 that's in an assembly, but he's out there and he's got a laptop plugged into it. And they're building these presets for these machines. So like when you run that thing, there's no adjustment. You plug a flash drive in, but they do presets and all this other stuff. And it's a really cool thing to see because like when I first started, I was like welding, like you see a stick while you like crank it up hot and fucking burn it. Like, and it's, there's so much more to that. So hell yeah. Yeah. 
I'm having technical difficulties. My apologies. Fixing the, the episode. Right. Everybody gets nervous. The, little little performance anxiety. No big deal. I've never I, I've never podcasted before. This is my first episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rookie moves. Fucking rookie. Yeah. Go get Fucking us an exhaust sample. Yeah. Fucking shock. Hey, go get some blinker fluid. Oh man, can you give me an exhaust sample? Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Go get can you go get the pot? Hey, go get the go get the pipe stretcher. Yeah. When I was work, when I was working Oldfield, that one was the, always that one. Hey, Dude, go the get the pipe thing, stretcher. The best thing I've seen is we sent a kid for that. I think it was in an Oldfield. And I shit you not, I've never been more impressed. The kid brought back a pipe expander for a tailpipe. I was like, I mean, to be fair, like he, all right, go put it back in my truck wherever you found it. Like, shit. Like, like, damn. Dude, my favorite one to get, and it's always the new guys, because they have their hard hats and they're like sitting like this because they're not adjusting. I'm like, hey man, do you know what sound do you know what sound two turtles fucking makes? And they're like Oh yeah. No. I'm like, gotcha, bitch. And you just fucking don't as hard as you can. Oh man. Oh yeah. I got one dude because he was at the rail yard and he's wearing a green vest, which for CP Green vest. If you're under a year, you get a green vest, and you have this shiny fucking hard hat. But what I didn't realize was that if you're a yard director, you still have to wear that your first week. So the rail master for Minneapolis Rail Yard, which is like the second largest yard that they have anywhere, was wearing that. And he showed up one day, and I was like, hey, do you know what sound Two Turtles fucking makes? And the dude behind me is like doing this. I'm like, fuck that. And he's like, no, what is it? And I dome this dude he's super salty about it didn't say anything just got salty and left he comes back in the next day and they're like hey you're going to meet the new rail director because you know you're our on-site resident so we're going to go through this and i walk in i was like and of course he's got his hard hat sitting on his table and you can see where mine just fucking scuffed the front of it he's like good to see you again i'm like today's the greatest day i am so happy to be here this is such a great customer experience. <laughs> he was he was cool about it, but like he had it like sitting on his desk, and there's this big orange scuff for mine because I have one of those lift hard hats, the uh, orange one. <laughs> I got one too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, I walked out, and the guy's like, "Hey, remember when I told you not to do that?" I'm like, "I remember. I didn't listen. I remember that yeah. part pretty pretty vividly." Yeah. So it's see. <sighs> This is the shittiest thing about becoming an owner that no one knows. Uh, Once you stop being the self-performing owner, you get that point where you're in the office all the time and shit, and you got to come to the job site. And you remember we used to make fun of those guys, like the guy we saw that was clean and shit? And you're like, that guy's never done shit. He's got a college fucking degree. Well, now (laughs) I'm that fucking guy. And it's weird because I go to the jobs, and like it's not my guys that look at me because they know I've – done their job right, they, right but the utility Everybody guy else is just like, or the concrete guy yeah. or the mechanic working on my shit yeah. is like oh this fancy pants motherfucker yeah but as soon as i come up and they see me spit and i go what the fuck you guys up to and they all go i used to work in the field didn't you I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah i did i was like yeah i was like bro i can barely write like what the fuck right. are you talking about yeah. So you notice all those letters are typed to you? Yeah, it's because I can't write with a pen. Yeah, I write like a five-year-old. Yeah. So anyways, I wanted to talk to you about something that you brought up, and I thought it was pretty cool in our questionnaire we sent you. 
Yeah. Oh, by the way, for anyone that's wondering, my man here lives in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I have been there. And I'm going to tell you something that a person from Texas would never admit. That was the hottest fucking place I have ever <laughs> been to in my fucking life, bro. Everybody's like, what? I'm like, dude, humidity, dude, man. Dude, I'm telling you, the all humidity there was fucking horrible, dude. We went there in yeah. July. Yeah, and so dude, try, try doing that outside every day in FR coveralls with FR underlayers. Oh, dude, that was company. fucking horrible, bro. We were up there in July of 2008 for the yeah. Republican National Convention. They had us up there doing security. Yeah. That was the fucking worst fucking month of my life. Because we yeah, were in should- Denver. We were in Denver right before that for the DNC yeah. with Obama. Yeah. And that was fine. That was great. You know, but yeah. we were stationed in Colorado. So, I mean, it was, yeah. we were used to it. But we went from there to fucking Minneapolis. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. That was absolutely horrible, dude. Remember my Tom Broca story? Yeah. That's when I met him. Was that nice? At, yeah. So I'm working up there. It's seven o'clock at night. I'm fucking sweating my balls off. And this fucking guy starts giving the Secret Service guy shit. I'm sitting there with my dog. And the guy's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, I need to see your ID, sir. And he's like, I'm fucking Tom Broca. Don't you know who the fuck I am? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Does his yeah. face look like he gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you you could tell me you could tell me that you're anybody. I'm still gonna ask for an ID, son. I'm still gonna I'm yeah. still gonna check your shit, bro. But yeah, yeah you should yeah. actually come up and visit in February. It's much cooler. About 140 degrees cooler. My buddy, we went to high school together. He he was based out of there for a while. He flew for Delta. Yep. So now he's now he's gotten moved to Atlanta, but he was at uh, Minneapolis. So yeah. He told me all the time he'd come down when he had days off. You know, their schedule's always crazy. But yeah, when he would be in town, he was like, dude, it's either balls hot, humid yeah. as fuck, or it's yeah. ice cold. There's just no yeah. in-between up there. You get like you get like three weeks per changing season where you're like, this is not so bad. So like yeah. right now it's 98, so we're having a cold front because it's been 112 for like the last six months. So it's yeah. pretty nice. So this, right mor- this morning when I got up, uh, like four o'clock, it was like fifty-two, and then when I got to the rail yard at like one thirty, it was ninety-four, and it was gonna rain, so it was just muggy as fuck. Um, and that's not an uncommon day in this type of like. You can you can this is the I wear a hoodie to work season, and then I'm down to like my sleeves are rolled up, my arms are all burnt out because they're all fucking you know doing dumb shit, but. We've got roughly another month, and it's yeah. drive to work with the heater on, come home with the AC on. Yeah, that's that's usually how it goes. Like it's yeah. like end of October, beginning of November, it starts doing that, where you got to turn the heater on in the morning. By lunchtime, you're turning the AC on. Yeah, I'm about three weeks from my truck never turning off and the heat just being on. Yeah, the first like big road call I made for Manitowoc was out to Deadwood in February. I've always wanted to go there. It's super cool. Not ideal for work, but like I got out there and it was like negative 32. And with the winds, they had reports of like negative 60. And I walked out and in like 30 seconds, my beer was white frozen. I was like, oh man, I like poked it and a chunk fell off. I was like, all right, so we're not going to touch the beard anymore for the rest of the time that we're here. So you want to hear about a freaking crazy rivalry that I did not know exist until I joined the army. 
it was pretty freaking hilarious. One of my boys that was my roommate in my barracks was from Deadwood. Mm-hmm. The other guy was from the Badlands. Yeah, they don't like. I did other. not realize. Same state. Yep. They hate each other. Yeah, they could not, not get along with each other. It no. was hilarious. I was like, dude, you guys are from South Dakota. Like, you both sound like mm-hmm. Canadians. Like, why the hell can't y'all get along? And yeah. they're like, and Clinton, Clinton was from Deadwood, and he'd always be like, fuck that motherfucker. Fucking yeah. Badlands, stupid motherfucker. Yeah, they fuck. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get some shade for this, but, like, South Dakota has a cumulative IQ of, like, 12, and they still <laughs> split hairs over, like, who, like, you're the dumbest. I'm like, no, nah, you're the dumber dumbest. I'm like, have you heard this conversation that you're having? I've right never now? been like, to South Dakota. I've been to North Dakota. And cool, uh, yeah, it wasn't much better. But um, you know, working up there in that area, it, you know, everybody that was working up there though was from somewhere else. So it was Yeah, it's oil field. Like you go to yeah. the oil field, people are like, Oh, you're in the Dakotas, I'm like, yeah, nobody's from there. No. No, I mean we And usually usually Texans are there for about one rotation. They're like uh, I'm going back south. I'll, t- so I'll, deal with the, on, I'll deal with the wind in West Texas before I'll deal with this bullshit. So I was on, I was on a North Dakota crew for a while, but I got sent from Colorado up there. It wasn't yeah. that bad. And then I got put down in Wyoming, and Wyoming was a lot better. I was working out of uh, Gillette area and all that, so it wasn't as bad. But I try to tell people, everybody thinks Wyoming's all mountains. And I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. eastern Wyoming looks like Kansas. And they're like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, dude, it's flat as fuck, and the wind blows 900 miles it's, an hour. It's not as bad as Oklahoma, but yeah, it's it's pretty. Oh yeah, oh, eastern Oklahoma is beautiful though, dude. If you oh, go yeah. to like, you go to Broken Bow and all that. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, but there, I mean, there. you could you could find nice parts of pretty much any state except Ohio. That place sucks. But yeah, I mean, like you go like you drive up to the Dakotas, and like right when you get to like Pier, it's like rolling hills. There's this big river that cuts through it, and it's great. And then you go five minutes past that, and you're like. And we're back. All right, cool. <laughs> we went up to Iowa a couple years ago with John Deere. You know how they got the farm fields like all around the training center? Yeah, and all Davenport. The farm guys are up there working and stuff. Well, they had the new 850Ls out, so they were letting yep. us play with them up there. And uh, all the guys were like, we're getting ready to go to Arizona. And I'm like, why the fuck didn't we get to go to Arizona? They're like, oh, yeah. you know, you guys are the last class that's here. And we're like, we got fucking yeah. gypped. They're like, I'm like, is it by Tanaja Hills? They're like, yeah, it's right next yeah. to it. I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah, I used to live in Arizona. I know exactly where that's at. It's way prettier. Yeah, way better. Yeah, yeah John, Deere's got a, John Deere's got his proving grounds like fucking an hour from Cat's proving grounds. Yeah, they're right next to each other. What's well, funny because they'll they'll both get all of the competitors' equipment at the same time, so there'll be every piece of equipment known to man one hour from the other place. It's like, guys didn't want to just like play the swapsies game you guys had to get like two everything all right cool yeah yeah it's 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 interesting to see how the next gen stuff's gonna go like you know yeah. we we're talking about you know talking about this before you and i on the phone but yeah like you know up there i didn't go this year i don't know if you did but at con expo you know they yeah. had those two machines and the guy was sitting in like fucking arizona running them yeah you know and he was running both of them at the same time it was yeah like, well like so I got to work with Brian and Rick from Sweat and Grime and Diesel and Iron. Shout out to them. those guys, by the yeah, way. Yeah, shout out to those big homies. Yeah, I was with them, and we got to go. Like, they're a lot more into, like, the tech side of it and, like, the next-gen equipment. And I forget what the machine was called, but it looked like a backhoe tractor. 
but you could there's so many can you can run the whole thing from a remote but you can like rotate the boom to the side of the cab and like the guy was like opening beer bottles with the remote because he was so like super cool but we walked past the um used to be Doosan, now it's like devalin or devolin De- or something like that Doosan rebranded right daywoo is it daywoo i think it's daywoo isn't it no i think it's like dev Devala, Devala. Wait, hold on. That's why we have a computer. What was what, yeah. what's it? What's the thing called? Doosan. It's Devlin North America. D E V E L O N. That's their rebrand. Pronounced yeah, Devlin Devlon. Yeah. Which is it is derived from develop onward, said VP Todd Recklin of Growth Initiatives. They still can't build anything but excavators, but that's why they had uh, a dozer with no cab. It was yeah, all I like, that. and that can be run anywhere in the world. So, and they can run it automated, like some of the John Deere farm stuff's going automated. So you could essentially have a dude in a booth somewhere running all of the dozers at once to get everything on grade and whatever. And obviously, you'd probably grade check it afterwards. But like people talk about that side, and at least from a mechanic side, they're like, "Oh, they're they're getting rid of our jobs." I'm like, you think? implementing technology is going to get rid of our jobs because what i'm seeing is i'm about to do a lot of fucking work well i didn't know the finals were low i bet you didn't from arizona but the finals were low in north dakota so we're now putting new finals on this machine yep well it's there's a give and take with it so what's going to end up happening is you're going to lose the operator the operator's not going to be there anymore you're still going to have an on-site representation, though, because the general Absolutely. contractor, guess what? He's still going to have an asshole sitting in that trailer out there with right. air conditioning on, yep. bitching about the job ain't going fast enough, even though there's fucking robots out here doing the shit night and day. They're right. still going to bitch like, that we're not on schedule. There's going to be different different people in different roles. There's going to be more roles of one or the other. and It's going to be a lot more maintenance side of it probably i think the other thing too is you're still going to probably have one guy that's sitting on the job just making sure the shit don't fucking malfunction and start killing people or something well right but like you if you run trimble or topcon or Leica or whatever it is like look how many times you have those guys on site to try to get that stuff scored away now add 500 more times of that to the equipment to run it because there's nobody there and everything runs off sensors now that mechanic has a laptop, I mean, he's still got tools, but he's going to have to do a lot more diagnostics and a lot more tech work because there's so much more of it in the machine. So the thing that cracks me up is we can go put a fucking, literally, think about this. We can go put a baby bulldozer on Mars and control the fucking thing from here. Yep. And the resolution on it is better than the security camera footage at Seven Eleven. Now, okay. what I can't, yeah, <laughs> they can do that. But they can't seem to figure out how to get grade control to automatically figure out where the hell you're at on the job site. You have to still build a model. You still have to do this northerly, easterly bullshit. I'm like, how is it we can do all this other shit? My cell phone can tell me where the fuck I'm at. But your damn $40,000 fucking head can't tell me where I'm at on the job site unless I localize it. Right. John Deere puts those locator pucks. They're like, hey, this rental machine is in this parking lot in this parking spot. But okay, so where where's this grade control? You're you're there somewhere, man. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, it's like it, it's insane. And then you gotta have a fucking wiring harness. You gotta have this on it. You gotta have this on it. And like, dude, we've changed three wiring harnesses on our two dozers in three right. years. 
Right. And heaven forbid that somebody leaves a fucking head on one of those fucking masks and somebody clips something with it. You're like, oh, shit. Well, hey, bust, better bust out them five fucking racks, son. I swear to God, it worked better when I swear to God, it worked better in the old days. I tell everybody that I never had GPS go down when I first, when it first came out, you know, first started getting popular and we had it, dude, we never, ever had them go down like this. Right. Yeah. In the afternoon, it was kind of a game. You knew in the afternoon, you didn't do any kind of finish work because right. you knew it wasn't going to work. Right. So you got all your, we always built the jobs that way. So we'd get all our hard work done in the morning that we had to have on grade right. and hand off. And, and then, then we'd rough fucking in. rough off. Yep. Yeah. We do rough ends in the yep. afternoon and then final grade in the morning because the satellites, it was just the way the satellites were, yep. you know, they didn't have a lot of them back then. But yep. so it, to me, it's just, I don't get it. Like, you know, a lot of people are all about, Oh, we're losing our jobs. Oh, we're losing this. And it's like, dude, your role just changing it, 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 that. And you might, all it's going to do is end up in the, eventually it's going to start screwing our industry. And I'm going to tell you why it's going to start screwing our industry. And a lot of people aren't looking at the big picture of this. Yes. The company's overhead is going to drop because they're not going to have to pay as much in payroll for right. 30 operators anymore. They, they right. can put two guys out there to do what 30 guys used to do. No, it's yes. going to have a $2 million grade budget. Right. But the problem you're going to run into is the machine itself is going to cost what a payroll costs you for a fucking year, dude. Like, right. Like, look at the, look at the, a skid steer, for example. Yeah. You used to be, you used to be able to get a John Deere skid steer with everything they had for like 40 grand. Yeah. It's and now, right now, right. And as of like last year, I think a John Deere, 333G, which is like their bells and whistles skid steer, without a bucket from the company I used to work for, was like $119,000. Yeah. Is there 70 grand worth of tech differences in that? Not that the operator wants. Nope. They got some, they got some smelly fluid in them. <laughs> some cow piss. Shout out, shout out to my boy Taylor for the wicked shirt from Kenway. Um, that's, that's gangster. But yeah, I think it's just one of the, uh, the money's going to be there and people are like, well, if there's less operators, it's going to go down. I'm like, just because there's less operators don't mean anything's cheaper. Those machines are skyrocketing. No, it's price. just the like, machine's price are going to go up. So you're not losing any cost no. as an owner. I can attest to this. You're not going to lose, you know, some owners will be like, oh, wow, I'm about to cut my overhead 50%. You're not though, because your equipment payments are going to go up like 10 to 15%. Your labor costs are going to go down, but your capital expenses are going to skyrocket when that grader costs you $2 million. Now, I will say this, though. That's something we're not looking at. That's federal taxes. You don't got to pay on somebody. That's workers' yeah. compensation. You don't got to pay on somebody. Right. So, I mean, there, there, it, it does kind of give and take right. on that. So, right. now, I'm not advocating that we need to do this. I'm the former operator. I came from that world. Right. You know, I, I'm the last guy in the world that wants to lose operators because honestly, I think the blue collar world is the best world in, there is. You know, I'm never going to jump on the the whole bandwagon of corporate mindset of oh, larger profits, larger profits. Right. You know, I'm I'm just not that guy. I, I'm right. I'm the guy's content with let me have some land, my house, and right some kids and a couple guns in the safe, and I'm good to go. Right. No neighbors. Some cows. <laughs> some horses. I don't know, man. It's just, it's interesting to see what, what the, the transparency is now with it. You know, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it kind of scares me at the same time because you are taking that human 
factor out of it. 747s can fly themselves, mm-hmm. but there's still a guy sitting in the seat. Right. Yeah, you you going to get on a plane without a pilot? Probably not. No, I wouldn't get on one. No. No. I mean, they got them automated cars now, and they're saying that they're having nothing but issues. It's causing traffic jams and all sorts right. of stuff. Like, they had a yeah. traffic jam in Austin last week that, like, seven fucking automated cars were all <laughs> And they ended up causing yeah. a two-hour traffic jam. Yeah, that, middle the, of the, dude, day. the dude running everything was like, you know what? I'm actually going to go on strike today. So I think I accidentally spilled my Starbucks on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Is that an important one? No, nah, that's just city buses. You're good. <laughs> the the thing too that we wanted to talk about was you know operations of a company at what yeah. point do you want to make that jump to stop hiring a third-party mechanic by taking the taking the time to buy the truck get the guys yeah. in i've heard this for a couple of years now because i've been on the fence about it because mm-hmm. our machines are getting a little older now so yeah. they're getting close to being paid off and yeah now the maintenance bills are starting to go. Right. But yeah, so, you get you get new equipment and you got a lot of warranties. And yeah. a lot of times the prob the new equipment, the problems you have to have, you know, like service advisor or e-tool or whatever it is. And yeah, you're gonna use a dealer for that because I'm not gonna hire a mechanic that's gonna have to call somebody else to come out that I'm gonna watch him run a computer. Yeah. Right. But when they start getting, like you're saying, to the paid off and you're kind of on the other side, like how many pieces of equipment justifies a mechanic or an operator that splits his time or what? Right. We did that for a short time. I actually had one of my guys, he worked for um, a local deer dealer down here for a while, but he wanted to learn how to operate. So he worked out of his pickup though, but he had toolboxes on his truck. So he could do like basic stuff. He was doing the hoses for us. He was doing our services, like our oil changes, stuff like that. But he wasn't doing anything like you'd be doing. He wasn't doing if anything computer wise happened, he called me up. He's like, you buy me a computer, but it's 40 grand. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like you, yeah. you, by the time you buy your licenses and you keep them up to date, like, yeah, you know. I think, I think what I've always heard, you know, a mentor of mine who listens to the show, we just talked on the phone the other day for three hours. So you know who you are, by the way, <clears throat> <laughs> he's always told me about 20 machines is when you want to start looking at getting your own haul truck. And when you want to start looking at getting your own mechanic. Yeah. Um, another friend saying, of mine. You're saying haul truck like a low boy to transport yeah, equipment? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, that's starting to add up now. I mean, yeah. we're at, God, 12, 15 grand a month in moves. I mean, it's yeah. like, dude, that's a tractor payment and the fuel. Like, well, right. And, and I, like, if you're, if you're hiring it out from, like, a low boy perspective, like, you know, if you need permits or whatever, like, by the time you pay those fees, you know how much of that could have been you know revenue somewhere else but now you also don't have to work on their schedule because i'm not setting up a pick right yeah. now i got a, a guy that can drive it and if you need to make an adjustment in route cool if you can stop off and grab something else you're not having to hire another service or schedule a different time. right you know and it's it's unfortunate when you're in my shoes you got to have four or five guys on speed dial because one guy might not be able to get to it or right. the trucks broke down or you right. know something's going on they can't get to it death in the family they're not running today i mean right so you got to maintain like four to five different companies to haul for you it's the same thing with dirt you know trucking running dirt i mean you got to have four to five different trucking companies you use because it's just who's going to be the best price that day right so it's just it's it's always a give and take and 
I don't know. I, I'm learning the more and more I do this job that the more you can get internally yourself, you control right. your destiny better and your right. margins are better. And But that's the key. You got to have capital to do that. So you right. have to have the capital to go buy that truck. You have to have the capital to go buy the fuel truck to put the 10,000 gallon tank in your yard to buy a yard. Hell, I don't got a fucking yard right now. My shit sits on job sites until the next job starts. I usually right. make a deal with them. I go, Hey, you know, we're going to keep his excavator out here a couple of days. No problem. You know, yeah. Waiting on this next job to start. So, you know, normally nobody wants equipment sitting in their yard. That's not no. a good thing. No. When like you look at you look at companies and here you see it because you work year round. And yeah. for the most part, a lot of companies are work year round or at least most of the year. And then the wintertime is when the mechanic if you have an in-house mechanic, that's when everything like his big PMs are getting done. If he's got to pull engines, he's got to do big rebuilds, or if the machine's gonna go to cat or deer for a relife or or whatever it's gonna be, that's when it's gonna happen here because of the weather. But if you go to a, a big construction company like um, one by me, we'll say Vite, right? Vite has a tremendous amount of equipment. That yard looks pretty scarce most of the year. Sometimes in the winter, the specialty stuff like the excavators they bring out on the water or whatever, they'll sit in the yard, right? Because you ain't going to do that. But if there's equipment in the yard, it's not making you money. No. Yeah, it's definitely not. And it's it's one of those things that you got to – you got to make mindful of that, like always, you know, when you're buying equipment, you know, you see a lot of guys, we talk about it all the time, you know, you got guys that go out and they want to get, they want to go compete with V. That company's a hundred years old, dude. Like, right. They've been doing it for a long time. And I can right. promise you when they were the age company you were, they probably had less shit than you do. Right. You know, they didn't get, they didn't get a building that's got a fucking crane mast as its entryway overnight. No. It's a long game, man. It's a fucking long game. All this industry is is a long game. When you get equipment paid off, that's when you have the capital because you're still charging the same rates you were charging when you were paying for it. Right. But once that machine is paid off, you need to start putting a percentage of that money towards buying a service truck, towards buying, right. hiring a mechanic, all that, because you have to do with the EOE. I know you know what EOE is. You've been doing this yeah. long enough. Yeah. EOE is a line item that you put inside your hourly rate. It's literally six to ten percent of whatever your hourly rate is figured for maintenance, engine rebuilds, services, all that stuff. So your tractor might cost, say it's $250 an hour. You should be saving $12.50 an hour. That sounds like a lot of money. It's really not though. You add that up over 50 hours. It's like six, seven hundred bucks, but you got to think you're counting on that machine surviving six to 12 months with no major issues. Right. And that way that nest egg you built up is there. Right. So when it does happen, you can go, okay, well, we've got the money for this. Right. So like, let's say you put that machine out for 50 hours and you save that 700 bucks. Right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now that uh, we'll use the cat dealer in town here. At one hundred and ninety-seven dollars an hour in the shop, you are going to get about two and a half hours of diagnostic time on that. And all they're doing right now is telling you what the problem is. We haven't fixed it. We don't have fucking parts for it yet. That's what I'm saying, guys. You got to start it from the day you buy the damn thing because you might go to. Eric knows as well as I do. If you got a warranty on it for the first year, two years, they're going to fix it for free, no matter what. It comes with it. Now, this is the great part. 
They build these fuckers to last exactly that 24 fucking months. And that pump goes. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, hydraulic pumps go out at 24 fucking months. No matter how long you run it, you can run it 10,000 fucking hours or you can run it 1,500 hours in two years. That pump's going to go out. I don't know what right. the fuck it is with those things. <laughs> but I've proved this point. I bought two of the same exact machines, and one had like 5,000 hours on it, and the other one had 3,500. Guess what? They both went out within like a month of each other. <laughs> right, yeah. And like I was talking with I was talking with one of my service writers, and it's a little different on truck and crane side because there's different warranties for different things. But like when we were out there, we were going over it. I'm like, oh, is this a warranty? And they'll look at it like, nope, it's two months out of warranty. I'm like, like PTO's out, swing motors out, dope. All right, collector block blown out, and then you have some guys that three months in, they're like, this thing ain't working right. And like, hey, have you serviced this thing or looked at it? Yeah, I'm like, are you sure? Because your engine on it ain't even on the dipstick. Well, like, what do you mean? I'm like, you guys don't do like pre-trip inspections? Oh yeah, the operators do them every day. I'm like, more than like a. So like when I worked for I worked for for a little bit, I worked for a construction company as their in-house guy. And so, because I was tired of these guys, not, they just fucking, their pre-chip was a fucking check in the box. So I had red tag, their fucking dipstick, and it said, find me. You know how many of those I found at the end of the week? Every single fucking one of my originally put in there. One guy's like, oh, I thought you meant to leave it there. I'm like, you thought I meant to leave the red tag with my name and phone number on it on there? On accident? On your dipstick? Yeah, good plan, man. So Tommy used to, I love this man to death. He used to sit in his truck. When everybody showed up in the morning mm-hmm. and he'd bring out coolant, he'd bring out hydraulic fluid, he'd bring out motor oil and he'd bring out yep. towels and his air compressor and all that stuff. And if it was your first day as an operator, he'd only tell you this one time and you go check all the fluids, clean your windows, clean out your cab, yep. go to work. And I remember it was like my third or fourth day there. He had hired me and another guy and the other guy didn't start right away. Guy walks up, Tommy just bought this brand new D6. He goes up there, opens the side compartment, pulls the dipstick out, doesn't even pull the oil off of it, just puts it back in there. It's good. Opens the side door for the reservoir. It's sitting on a hill like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not level, dude. You can't tell if it's full or not. So, of course, the way it's sitting, all the hydraulic fluids, like, you know, on that side of the dozer. So, oh, man, it's over full. How long have you been an operator? Oh, I've been operating five years, blah, 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 blah. Okay. He goes up there, fires it up. Doesn't even let it warm up, dude. Just fucking lets her. Just eat. fucking rips it, dude. <laughs> it's middle of January, dude. Like, it's cold out, you know? And Job security, baby. Takes off, man. I think it was like three minutes later, Tommy's on the CB because we had CBs in all our machines. And uh, you hear Tommy on the radio. Like, Take it up to the front. You're done. Three minutes, dude. That's all it took. <laughs> that was back when people gave a shit, though. I mean, it's just, you, you know, I say I'm starting to sound like my dad. I joke about dude, it. I, but it's, I'm telling you right now, it's I, funny I joke, how that shit fucking works. Yeah, I joke about it, but it's so fucking true. Like, and this wasn't that long ago. Like, everybody's like, oh, that had to be 20 years ago. No, it was like eight years ago. Right. Guys gave a shit. I see machines now and how beat up they are, and I'm just like, yeah. how was no this machine? Three right. years. I'm like, bro. Beat the fuck. Seats like, tore up. Yeah. 
fucking shot, dude. Counterweights are fucking ripped off. Like fucking seats got holes in them. Like, how do you get this many holes in a seat? Like, yeah. Are you fucking in this thing? I mean, uh, <laughs> well, it's funny because like, and I've noticed it. I noticed it a lot more when I worked for this company. If the machine isn't necessarily a sign, but let's say fucking Tim runs the excavator for grade. If Tim is the guy that runs that machine every day, it's always taken care of. Yep. But if it's machine number one that you fucking grab the key fob for or whatever it was, and that's the one you're assigned to, and nobody give a fuck. Well, it's somebody else's mess. So what, you're a fucking add to it? Like, I went to one machine, and I he's like, oh, I don't have any AC. All right, well, I'm going to check that filter because I bet you it's plugged as a motherfucker. And I opened this cab up, and garbage poured out of this machine. It was all fucking, you know, Red Bull and Rockstar cans and shit like that. And I'm like, nope. And I came back, and the guy's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that guy can go clean that machine out. He goes, it's not that bad. And he looks in it, and he just lights this kid up. Apparently, the kid had been running for a week, and nobody checked on it. And that thing had probably had, like, 25 empty cans in it. There's food wrappers everywhere. I'm like, me fixing the AC ain't going to fucking fix shit, especially if all this shit's fucking blocked. That was kind of when I – that was, like, the defining factor when I realized, like, the age thing there. I mean, there's definitely old dudes that don't take care of it. But, like, I've got a job site where the expert, like, you get in it the cab is spotless and you look on the back and it's like two series old of paint. You're like, Whoa, this machine doesn't even have after treatment on it. And this cab looks like it rolled out of the dealership. You guys are like, yeah, don't get my cab dirty. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll do my best now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's weird to kind of see, at least from my perspective, because I see different machines all the time, but like, if that you know, if that sixty ton national is fucking Gary's, that cab is clean. The cab there is clean. Go. The truck, like we don't fuck around with that shit. Yeah, we assign our guys' machines. So you yeah. go up to any one of our machines, like I'll get in one of my guys' machines once in a blue moon, load trucks or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. And uh, when I get time, and uh, I'll never forget, it. it was a couple months ago. I had to go run the blade, and Rigo had gone to lunch, and I'm running the blade. And uh, I get done, and I put a steering wheel up for him because he's old school. He didn't want the joystick, so I bought him one with the steering wheel. He comes up to me about 10 minutes after that, and I was getting in my truck, and I was going to eat. I brought my lunch, and I was eating. He comes up to my truck, and he goes, you smoking my cab? I was like, no, I didn't smoke your cab. He goes, okay, I just want to make sure. I was like, maybe my clothes, you know, because at that time I was smoking. And he goes, Okay. I says, bro, I've been working with you for 10 years, dude. I was an operator under you. I know not to smoke in your cab because I'll tell you what happened. 2015, I smoked in his fucking Cat 140. M. we're working at our old company together. And uh, we went to lunch. And Rigo's about five foot fucking tall. I'm not even kidding. He's a short dude. Like He's stout, though. Aaron, Aaron dude, that seat all the way up. Hey, this dude grabbed his cooler out of the bed of his truck and fucking chunked it at me, dude. Like a big old Coleman fucking cooler, dude. <laughs> chunked it at me. And he's like, don't ever fucking smoke in my cab again. <laughs> he dead fucking serious, dude. He, yeah, dude. And that's why when we hired him, I was like, you know, everybody's like, man, he's a fucking bad blade hand. I said, that, tells, that dude tells you he wants Windex, go get him some fucking Windex. That dude's going to keep right. his shit clean. Like, that's just right. how he is. Like, Right. And, like, that's – I think that – and I don't – I mean, it's different for everybody, but I think it's almost like a generational thing. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously anomalies to all of it, but, like, guys that are my age in them, um, some of them take pride. Like, if you get, if you give fucking Tim a brand-new machine, Tim's going to take care of that machine. 
Mm-hmm. But if he gets a beat up one, he doesn't have the pride to keep it clean and beat up on the outside. He's just like, well, fuck, the outside looks like, what the fuck should I take care of this part? I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, and it goes back, like, you, some of these companies, you can tell, like, uh, who's a good one. There's a couple companies, contractors in the cities. When that job site's done at the end of the day, every machine is parked perfectly. And yep. you go to some job site, and it takes a little bit of time. People are like, well, I don't want to track the machine over here. I'm like, is that really going to get that much wear on the undercarriage to move it so it's lined up and looks clean? Or at least lined up square to something, like the building mm-hmm. or whatever. You go to some job site, there's shit open. There's fucking doors open. We we park ours in the lawn every night. Our guys park. Every night, right? Yeah, I mean, it shows, it's culture. I mean, like, right, it's culture, but it's also a billboard because your machine's out there with your fucking name on it, and it looks that much nicer. And I'm like, oh, they take a pride in this shit. Versus yeah. you go to a job site and there's a skid steer with the blade fucking cockeyed up and the cab doors open or you know the fucking windows are open i'm like there's a guy that's down the street i don't know who it is but steph can tell you there's this guy down the street doing a job right now by our house every one of his windows are blown out they're like 90s cats they're enclosed cab machines that don't have any fucking doors windows nothing dude like i'm like and they gotta have twenty thousand hours on them i mean they Mm -hmm. look rough and it's like, like when you go to, he's been on the job. They've been parked out there for like a month, and they finally just started working today. And I'm like, I see why you got such ghetto shit, man. Like you don't get to work. Like right. they got a trench dug today. Nice. Yeah, so I'm like killing it. Yeah, they're murdering it, bro. Like they stripped the site, <laughs> and there's still grass on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's on that's on grade, man. So is it on grade with the grass we up grade, or if we roll over we it? We graded yeah. the site already, man. Yeah. It's got with grass the, on it. Yeah, did you borrow a rake from the baseball diamond or what's your what's your grade here, man? I'm not really sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. And then like you go to like some of the like their like the mine sites, and people are like, Well, they're always messy. I'm like, well, they don't stop, first of all. And secondly, they're not messy. If you go in one of those big mine shovels, you'd be fucked up to find them messy because those machines cost millions of dollars. And if the owner walks out by chance and he sees fucking McDonald's wrappers in that cab, he will fuck your life up. Yeah. And I mean, you don't hear about guys getting fired in the mines. Like it's just, mm-hmm. I've met one mine operator in the entire time I've been operating equipment. The only reason he got out of the mines was it was just too hard on his body. Yeah. He was a D10 operator. Yeah. It beat you to fuck. <laughs> yeah, doing all doing all the overburden cutting, and he yeah. he fucking said it. He's like, dude, I loved it, absolutely loved every fucking minute of it. The money was fucking amazing. He yeah, said, you want overtime? Bet. Yeah, he said, but it just beat the shit out of my body. And so he came home and he runs a dozer. He ran a dozer for us for a couple of years. Now he's retired, but he's his twilight years. He finished with us, and I, I talked to him all the time about it. He's like, you know, it's a different kind of work though. I says, what yeah. do you mean? He says, it's not about how many yards you're moving a day. It's, it's are you fucking getting, keeping that fucking mine running? That's all they give a shit yeah. about. Right. The numbers line up, but what they care about is that that thing, you know, the the machines and the crushers and all the processors, like that motherfucker needs to be fed. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as you're feeding it, they don't give a shit. If I can see the bottom of the hopper, we have fucked up colossally somewhere. Yeah. But I will say that the roughest machine that, and I don't run machines by any means. I'm not an operator. I just fix them when they break. The roughest machine I've ever run was one of those fucking cat self-powered scrapers. Like, that's the only machine I've ever kept my fucking hard head on because you just, those old leather seats with the big coils, you're just fucking getting rattled dog shit. I'm like, I might piss blood after this shit. Like, oh, I, feel like I just went round in the fucking ring. 
Robert and David and all them told me stories about back in the eighties, them running them fuckers fucking six gear wide open, dude. Just oh, fucking, just wide open, just fucking cutting it. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys back in the day when I was a kid, they all ran them out here. There's a lot of scrapers mm-hmm. out here back in the day. And uh it, you still see them from time to time. But it's not like anything like it used to be. You don't no, see no, a lot. A lot of guys are running like scraper, like the scraper beds from tractors. Yeah, they're running the tractors like, with the scrapers. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, we got we got that one company from California out here, and they run six fifty sevens out here, which everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Well, you got those out here." I mean, you're not moving that much dirt. You know, it's just uh, they do warehouses with them. But what yeah. was funny was they tried to do moisture Probably. conditioning with them, and they mm-hmm. found out that you can't run scrapers and moisture conditioning slots and they wondered Weird. why everybody else ran off roads and water trucks and dozers mm-hmm. and 349s and now they're figuring out yeah. oh, i see why everybody else does that because well, yeah. we've been doing it a while as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. this machine might be paid off but it's paid off in not doing what i need to do <laughs> i remember like we had this john deere scraper tractor that came into deer and they're like however this fucking thing's all broken so they shared their scrapers were communal so when the tractor they found metal in the filter so john deere tractors use one hydraulic system so what feeds your machine is what feeds your attachment so these dipshits found metal in the hydraulic filter and they disconnected the scraper which is also contaminated and they plugged it into the other tractor and i like went into the computer because i could see presets i'm like out of curiosity what were they running these motherfuckers ran dual KTEX scrapers at 15.2 miles an hour. I'm like, there's your reason right there on why this thing fucking imploded. What do you mean? That's fast as fuck. Like, you are zooming at 15 miles an hour. I don't even know dudes that run 15 miles an hour when they're doing fucking any of the tilling and tillage for fucking fields, let alone running scraper pans. Like, you're out of your fucking mind. So, we did a hydraulic cleanup for $89,000 and a new pump for forty. That's why you go get a 631B and run that bitch wide open. She'll handle right, it fucking all day. Let her, let her eat, baby. <laughs> <laughs> go get that 657 with the dual motors, dude, and fucking rack it out. Let's go. Right. This thing's got three speeds. Here, there, and fucking gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but I'm a scraper operator. And the only thing <laughs> yeah. I know is that pan drops and it goes up and it goes fucking right. fast. In between, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> see this? You see this lever right here? We go wide fucking open or we parked. Yeah. We you got parked. gears in there? Nah, them gears is to get me to there. Yeah. I got go, really fucking go, and fucking gone. <laughs> right. You can always tell, like, the dudes that just fucking let him eat. There's just fucking black clouds as far as you can fucking Fuck see. Yeah, like, dude. All right, well, he's getting after it, man. I, I used to love that shit, man. We were living in Colorado because, you know, a lot of jobs up there, they still run pans. You know, you'd be out there watching. We'd be out there fracking or something or doing coil, and you'd see the fucking neighborhoods they were building out east by the airport because a lot of the oil fields are actually by there, too. And you'd see them out there with them scrapers, man. We'd be sitting on the well site watching them, dude, fucking – Sitting up on the sand movers or whatever. Fucking fucking rolling cold, dude. Just fucking (laughs) fucking hauling ass, dude. And you're like, God damn, what the hell are they making out there? (laughs) Yeah. We have there's a there's one crane company, I'm not gonna name him. And he's a good buddy of mine. And uh he was out there the other day and I went to work on one of his trucks and I turned the thing over. I was like, hmm. 
he's like smirking at me in the window. He goes, it's uh, it's lighter. I'm like, I see that. I see that you selectively remove some some weight there. It's like a 2022 Pete, and that thing rolled coal coming out of the fucking yard with this fucking 50 ton on the back of it. I was like, I said, what are those? He goes, oh, those are more weight reductions. I'm like, I'm like looking at one, and it's like the after treatment is like half the size of my dining room table. I'm like, what's that out of? He like looks over. I'm like, did you delete a 350 ton Grove all terrain crate? He goes, that bitch got the sauce. I'm like, fuck. Don't call me for engine work, man. I'm not going to be able to touch that thing with a 20 foot pole. Yeah, that thing blows up. It's going to be fun. I was like, how much power does that thing have? He goes, uh, all of it. I'm like, all right, that's all I'm going to ask. I'm not going <laughs> to confirm nor deny that I might have done that with some machines, but uh, yeah, they're out of warranty now, so it don't really matter. But it was funny when, when it happened because my guys called me one day and I didn't tell them we had done it. And my do- <laughs> one of my dozer hands calls and he's like, fucking turns it over. He's like, He's like, this thing's got a lot more fucking oomph all of a sudden. I said, yeah. He says, what the hell did you do to it? I said, oh, I can't come out and make some adjustments. What? Now, you know when, you know it's the right guy to come do it when he calls you on the phone. He goes, so you want this motherfucker shooting fire or you want this motherfucker rolling coal? Which one do you want? (laughs) Do you want to see the turbo glow from the cab or are we just looking to get some sauce out of this thing? (laughs) The fucking side of the dozer cap's just black. You're like, all right, let me crank it back a little bit. Crank it back a little see. bit. You can't see out of that thing. They had a they had a rig out there. So you know, I worked for a oil company. I was from Canada originally, and uh, I'm not gonna name its name. It's out of business now. It's owned by a U.S. company now. But they had a bunch of Western Stars, and mm-hmm. uh, they had the old Detroits in them, and uh, it was a first gen Detroit, and Ooh, baby. I'd be out in like Pecos going back to Odessa with that bad boy pulling the flatbed. And you just you just let off and that bitch would go. You're like, I drive, dude, it'd be a hundred degrees. I drive with the windows down. I just wanted to listen to that yeah, truck, dude. I didn't even listen to the radio, dude. It was just a badass truck, man. You're, just, you're going full bore. You see an overpass. You're like, I think I'm going to let off for a second here and just let it off. Make sure everybody fucking knows. Like, hey, man, don't merge. <laughs> Yeah, I will tell you, you know, everybody's talking shit on that new Cummins, but that C16 is a pretty good fucking motor, man. I mean, the ones I've drove, are, I've never had a problem with any of them. I know, you know, OTR guys and stuff don't like them, but if you're just using them for local shit. No, the ISX 15s. Yeah, ISX 15s. Yeah, I get them mixed up. Yeah. The cat was a C16. That's right. Yeah, the cat, the gun trucks, we had the C16 cats. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was the C16s. I think in the 1151s, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Those were bad. Once they put turbos on them, they yeah, um, fucking rips. Yeah, they. That was funny. Like we had this company, and they had a forty thousand pound electromagnetic crane on rails in a box car or box truck. So the cat truck had like a baby cat in it, like no sauce. Well, then you go behind into the box, and there's a pre-emission C15 in there with a cooling system because it had a hydraulic system for the crane. This cooling package was six foot by eight foot with a metal 40-amp powered fan. Like, the fan ran off of the genset. Big old metal fins, and the one guy was looking at him like, I would stay away from that. It will not care. I promise you that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think I had a picture. On, I think I had a picture on my Instagram where I was in it, and it was like negative thirty out, and that thing's just howling. I like took my. I'm in a t-shirt down to my fucking jeans in this negative forty degree weather because that fucking box just got so hot. I like, oh, I bet, man. <sighs> yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember. You know, doing frack and stuff, and those Cummins that they had for the frack pumps, man. Those things yep, were fucking ooh. wicked. Yeah, you'd be you'd be rolling through there at night and. You could look up and see the exhaust just glowing. Fucking you were like, glowing. Yeah, you know, the thing's running like 2,300 RPMs, 2,500 RPMs, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. just singing, dude. Yeah. You know? I remember thinking, like, you see some big stuff in machines, and Cat has bigger engines than the deer in their machines. And then I started following uh, Keldon. He was on the crew with board for a while, but he did electric power generation. And you see some of the engines in that thing, you're like, is that, is that triple turbos? He goes, yeah. I'm like, what he goes yeah they make the sauce man it's like a whole conic shipping containers one jensen insane dude <laughs> how many yeah. how many gallons of coolant does that thing have uh about 190 i'm like gallons he's like yeah i'm like jesus you got a fucking tanker out there filling it up yeah <laughs> i need four sir i need four service trucks out here to fill my coolant yeah. up right yeah <laughs> <laughs> he just puts the puts the gun on, zip ties the show. He's like, "I'll be back after lunch." Yeah, go Fuck. get the go get the fucking static pump, fucking shit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was how it was for us, man. We had a actual like service truck, but it was just for the operators, not not mechanic service truck, but it was just our like lube truck. Mm-hmm. And we had I think two hundred gallon drums of fucking coolant on them. I mean. Yeah. If that sucker just dropped below the line, dude, you knew you had to put 50 gallons in it. I mean, it was yeah. fucking insane. I'm like, dude, yeah. didn't he, what isn't he like? The, you know, when I first started there, I was like, what isn't he like five, six gallons? They're like, <laughs> needs 50. What? what? Add, a, add, a, add, a, add a zero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember like um, I saw it on a farm. It was this like weird looking trailer, and the company's called Thunder Creek. Shout out to Oh, yeah. Creek. Thunder Creek. They're, they're, yeah. Dude, I'm going to buy one of those one of these days. If you're an independent mechanic, or even if you're a construction company, buying one of those that has like the three or the four, depending on what you run, three or four fluid capacities, that thing's fucking tits. No, because they're you awesome, can get them dude. And you can run def in one, hydraulic in one, and Grease. engine oil and coolant, or whatever you fucking want in them. And yep. they make all kinds of configurations with lights and pumps and all this kind of oh, shit. Oh, dude, but they got some awesome stuff, man. They I really mean, do. if you have a mechanic who's got a truck full of tools, he doesn't want to put lube on it because it's you're going to be overscaled, but you can tell that bitch. Game changer. We're getting towards the end of the episode, bro. But uh, I was going to yeah. say real quick, I wanted to talk about something that we missed, and it's my fault. I wasn't thinking. You were asking about growing your employees and paths of success. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that you should find when you're when you're trying to grow your company and grow your culture of your company is find like-minded individuals. Um, I think it's the same concept that we had in the military. You know, sometimes you go to a platoon and you click with those guys, but you don't, you know, it's, it's a family. And so I've found over the years that every company I worked at, I figured out a way to get along with everybody. That's just my personality. There's some guys out there though. That's not them. They just, they, they want to be with this certain type of individuals. And I think the biggest thing that you need to find is you need to find a home. Right. You don't need to find a company. You need to find a home because yeah. a company, if they treat you right, they take care of you, they talk to you, you're not a number there. That's where you want to work. 
Right. I know guys that take pay cuts to get treated better. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, know, I I will say that like I have never quit a job for the company. I have definitely quit managers. Oh yeah. And I feel yeah. like that's that's like one of the big things is you can teach anybody to wrench. I'll use stick right for a second. I can teach anybody any skill set. But what I can't teach is a mindset and an attitude. If you come in and every day fucking work sucks at fucking six a.m. when you roll through the gate, I ain't gonna fix that. That's a you thing. I can teach how to fix mechanical problems and troubleshoot shit, but if you have a fucking poor attitude and a shit mindset, I can't fix that. I'm not even gonna try to fix that shit. Like no. that's a that's a hundred percent you problem. So if you get that young kid that's fucking gung ho and he's got ears open and his mouth shut, or he's asking the right questions, but he knows nothing, I'll take that dude over the dude that fucking butts heads with everybody under the sun, but says he's a fucking super wrench. Who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing for me is is coming from our world and going to the corporate side of the business yeah. and dealing with these these people that they stick their nose up at our guys, you know, our right. our people. And I'll never, you know me, I might work in their world. I'm not one of them and I never no. will be. And I don't care to ever be in their world. I I see what slimy pieces of shit they honestly are. And yeah. I want nothing to fucking do with them. Right. And you get, you get those managers and those bosses that are like, yeah, I'll go to bat. And as soon as somebody above them comes, they're like, no, I told them not to. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like yeah. lead from the fucking front, man. Right. Like, lead- your people are not stepping stones to get higher. Right. And like everybody sees it like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to move up in this company. Okay. Well, if you're moving up, you should be bringing those individuals with you, not because you owe it to them, but because that's how you get higher up. If you're just using people to fucking jump up the ladder, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. I think the thing for me that, I, that bothers me the most is the code that you follow in the field. Mm-hmm dies in the offices and a lot of guys follow that code i tell steph about the code and she's never really she's starting to learn more and more about it you always do what you say you're going to do you back each you back a guy up even if he's fucking wrong and then you deal with it later on one on one it goes back to like those those big military principles and if you have good leadership you praise that guy in public and you scold him in private because if i have a if I have a problem with my boss, I'm never going to call him out in front of other people. That's none of their fucking business. He should be still seen as a leader if he makes a mistake. Behind closed doors, we'll have a conversation. But you get these bosses that like think yelling and shouting in front of people. I'm like, that's how you think you're going to command respect? If you have to tell everybody in the room that you're in charge, you aren't in fucking charge. And like, that's the big thing. Like the army is the same fucking way. I think the hardest thing for me right now is it's not my guys that I have a problem with. It's not even my employees. Like. Yeah, you know, once in a blue moon, you get that employee that just calls and he just drives you fucking nuts, like, you know, and that that's part of being an owner. But mm-hmm. you know, you got to have people skills, and I'll be really polite to him on the phone and nice and all that. And as soon as I get on the phone, I'm God fucking, day. you know, it put me in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. And then I start thinking from their perspective because I've been that guy, mm-hmm. and I start thinking like him, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. But I think that's what gives me a separation from a lot of guys is in Devin too. And, you know, Matt from MJM and, you know, a lot of the guys that we've had on the show, it's, we've done that job. Right. We know what you're going through. We've been right. in your shoes. I've been in your boots before. 
Yeah, right. not exactly the same job you're doing, but I've been I've done the position you're doing. Right. And I've succeeded at it. So there is a there is a formula to it. Well, I think the big thing is that you take away the stuff you learned or the stuff that didn't work and you saw management do when you were the lower guy. And when you move up, no matter how much adversity there is from the corporate side or the office side, that you maintain your fucking values and you understand like I remember when the guy only gave me five hours for this fucking job code, right? Okay, well, you needed more time, but you didn't get it. And then when you get up there, you're the guy at bat now. You're like, hey, man, I did this job, and this isn't the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. We got to make the margin. All right, well, you can either make the margin and fuck it up, or we can do it the right way and adjust the time so that we – I mean, at the end of the day, if you build a job for five hours and the tech takes six, you're building the customer for five. If you're more realistic, yeah, the customer's going to see a bigger bill, but if the job's getting done right – and you know it's getting done right, the employee's happy because he doesn't feel like he's getting fucked on it, and the customer's happy because his machine is up and running. Yeah, it's, for me, it's, I think the hardest thing for me is is just dealing with the, uh, it's dealing with the people that don't understand what it's like to do our job. Right. It's understanding what it actually costs to do our job. Right. It's the human factor of that. It's, you know, the guy getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and getting in his truck and driving to a job site. It's, right. you know, the guy driving home when everybody else in corporate America is going home at 530. And, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going home. You know, I went to work at nine. And they're driving home and they've been on the road for 12 hours already. Right. And they're getting eight, nine hours at the house and they're turning right around and they're going right back to work. And, right. you know, these guys, <laughs> they post on LinkedIn, they're, they're going to a golf outing or they're going to the clay shoot or they're doing this and doing that. And they thank their guys by giving them a fucking pizza party. All you're doing is making other people rich. And, 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 you know, a lot of people think, you know, as a subcontractor, you're rich. And I'll be honest with you, 99% of us out there, we're not, it's a big cliche. You got these big, huge companies like we were talking about before. Yeah, they've got money, but they've been in business for years, man. They've got decades on you. Right. They got that. De- it's not uh, like you obviously have some younger guys that have kind of figured out the equation for their market, and that's fucking great. Like, yeah. hats off to them. But all the stuff that people see on social media, like, oh, you know, this, that, or the other thing, and they're, you know, bragging about this. I'm like, that's social media is a great tool, but most people like to show the wins on social media. You don't see the fucking losses. Like, he, like, hey, I fucking tore the machine out and got a fix. What you didn't see was the 27 fucking broken bolts, the nine fucking wrenches sent into orbit, and the fact that I've been out here since 4 o'clock this morning on a job that should have taken four fucking hours. Like, That's like me. You don't see me freaking out every fucking Wednesday, figuring out how I'm going to make payroll, how I'm going to get right. Caterpillar not to come repo my shit, how I'm, right. you know, like, it's just, it's a different fight, but it's the same right. fight. Or you're begging a guy that's never been in your fucking position before. I literally had a client say this a couple months ago, and I I almost jumped across the fucking table at him. I won't lie to you. He said to me, he says, I don't understand why you always need fucking money. And uh, I said to him, I says, well, I got to ask you a question. He said, okay. I said, what's your overhead a month? And he just looks at me like shocked. Like, how dare you would ask me that? I want to know. And he just got real quiet. And I said, my overhead's a quarter million dollars a fucking month. 
That's just to keep the fucking lights on. Right. I got 20 guys out in the field. I got to pay. I got three pickups on the road. I got to put gas in. I got diesel. I got to put in those machines. I've got an estimating staff. I've got to pay. I've got a project management team. I've got to pay. I've got superintendents. I've got to pay. I've got foremans. I got to pay. I got operators. I need to pay. I've got laborers. I need to pay. I've got suppliers. I need to pay. Right. I've got mechanics. I got to pay. You don't have a 10th of this shit. That's why I need fucking money. Right. And when you say that to them, it's almost like a light bulb finally goes off in their head and they go, oh, and it's like, if you guys would just treat us with a little bit more respect when it comes to the way the contract's written, instead of having to fight with you for a fucking week to get some corrections, right? paying us in a timely fucking manner instead of playing this whole, well, the owner ain't paid me yet. Okay, motherfucker, I'm in your fucking office. You got Italian fucking marble. Everybody's got a Porsche out front. You probably got the fucking money in your checking account. Right. I don't care if you pay me a quarter of it. Just pay me something, dude. I've done right. the fucking work. Fucking pay me, man. And I know I'm I'm on, going off on a tangent about this, but it's it all translates because right. the guy out in the field don't see that shit. He just assumes that everything in the office is hunky dory. Right. I can tell you this. I've gained so much fucking respect for people that work in accounting over the past four yeah. fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> The ladies that work at the general contractor's offices are some of the nicest women in the world, dude. You would be surprised. You know, you would think they'd be rude, right? It's not them. It's their bosses. It's the project manager. It's the the owner of the company. It's those guys. It's not the girl that works there. She sees it. She sees the money. She sees how much money you're owed and goes, holy shit. You know, under her breath, she's saying it. Holy shit. These poor guys are owed a quarter million dollars and they're begging us to pay them. I know why they're right. begging us to pay them because they got a lot of fucking bills to pay. Right. Yeah. It's just, it all, it's all transparency, man. And it's just. Right. And it's a disconnect too, right? Because like they don't understand it until you tell them and yeah. they're like, well, you don't get my stuff. I'm like, you're right. I may not understand where you're coming from on your perspective, but I can tell you from my perspective that I need this and this and this because yeah. that's how this shit works. Like, and I don't really deal with the bill issue with customers. Sometimes there's customers that we get a credit card every time we go on the site. <laughs> Sometimes they get a play in the house. So like yeah. one of our customers, for example, has a $200,000 credit limit. Right. So he can run up $200,000 worth of bills before we're like, Hey man. And then we also have customers that we wouldn't give them anything on the house. And when I give that card number, it gets run immediately. Mm-hmm. But it all depends on what your business is. Are you a billion dollar railroad that we're going to float one day of your payroll on? Or are you the company that we're probably going to swipe your card because I'm not really sure if when I leave here, if we're going to have a cent or any amount of time given back to them. Mm -hmm. But it's all in perspective. Like the owner, you know, of that company, he sees his bills. Well, why is the service bill so high? Okay. Well, you have my truck, you have my fuel. You have our technology we got to plug into. You have my time to get to you and to leave you. And then whatever else comes up on top of that. Like, this ain't fucking a charity. It's not pro bono. Like, you're in it to make money. So are we. My company, as a, you know, from the service side, like, we're not in this to break fucking even. Like, you're not in construction because you want to break even. You want to make money like everybody else under the sun. 
we are in one of the toughest industries to get ahead. Yeah. It, it's a problem. And yeah. it's a problem that that is not really being addressed. It's going to like a cancer center and they're treating you for brain cancer, but you have lung cancer. Yeah. I try to tell people that and they don't get what I'm saying, but I know brother you do because you and I yeah. think the same exact way we brought up the same way. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in, in the spectrum of it. You're addressing it. Yes. Yeah. You're not though. No, you're not. We're getting, we're charging close and guys on TikTok have said, I'm wrong about this. I'm gonna be, that's fine. Maybe your area, you don't do that. That's great. Right. When I got a guy that's 65 years old and sits there and tells me we're charging the same amount of fucking money to do a job now as we were in 1986, and yet the cost of real estate is, what, 60 times what it was in 1986? Where the fuck is that money going? Right. Sure as hell ain't going in our pockets. No. You know, and everybody's like, oh, it costs, you know, a million dollars to buy a fucking house now. Yeah. The house cost... The house was two hundred grand. Right, they're pocketing eight hundred of it, dude. Right. It, it's so it, the game is just so rigged. There needs to be a culture shift, but I don't know from my perspective because my perspective is limited. I don't know what that culture shift looks like. I don't know. I can't pinpoint what. I think it starts with us, though. I think it starts for with, sure. I think yeah, it, it starts, sure with starts with us. Not not even union. You know how uh, you know as an employee you have the union. Mm-hmm. Companies don't have that. No. A lot of people don't realize that. You know, everybody thinks about, you know, and I get it, and I'm all about it. You know, if you can get those kind of benefits and that thing for you, uh, you know how I feel about union. I'm I'm anti-union as they come, but it, it's just the way I was brought up. But yeah. I have no problem with anybody that works union. Two guys that work for me are union members. Right. Here in Texas, there is no union. I mean, they have one, but it's it's right. nothing like it was, it is up where you're at. And it's just mad respect to that. I don't agree with the the mentality. And it's not maybe what you do, but I know what operators unions are. And mm-hmm. I've met union operators before from up north. And I'm not going to get out and shovel my own fucking tracks when I made the mess. Right. Yeah. Get and the fuck out of your cab and shovel your right. fucking tracks, dude. Like, who the fuck are right. you? you know? I've got a laborer. Okay, yeah. well, his job's to labor, not pick up your shit. Yeah, like, but that's that's how it goes up there. Yeah, and it's just it's crazy. I don't, and we're getting off topic, but yeah, it's almost like you want to get a unionization for the companies, though. Like, right? Hey, this is the rates to do this work. Right. It doesn't matter what company it is; it costs this much. You right. know, and, and I think everybody's like, depending on where you are, like there's a lot of regions where everybody's about the same. They might yeah. cut something here or there. And you have some companies, you some areas you go and you're like, this guy's five times as much as that guy is. Yeah. How the fuck does that work out? And how, how does that bid keep getting picked? But that guy's five times as much probably has everything he's supposed to have in his bid. And the guy right. doesn't, the guys that are all lower, either one of two things is happening. They're desperate for fucking work. Yeah. They need fucking cash flow. Yeah. They don't know any better, mm-hmm. which honestly, that's a big one. They don't know any better. Mm-hmm. A lot of them don't. They think that they need to be on every fucking job in the goddamn state. So they're going to just yeah. get every damn job. And I'll be honest with you. Some of them are just trying to put other people out of business. Yeah. 
there's guys out there that do that. That's their MO. Yeah. They go around, they just try to put people out of business. How petty can I be? Yeah. Pretty I petty. Mean, it, there, man. That's what I'm getting at, man. And I know what I'm talking about is not a free market thing. It's not no, because that's what makes us uh, our country so great is we are a free market economy. And I'm not arguing that one bit, but I mean, we should at least get some form of standardization here. It should be, it should be close. Well, and the laws should get better. The laws here, are, laws about construction are really bad, man. I mean, like yeah. you go into Walmart, you rip a TV off the wall and you walk out with it. You're going to go to jail. And then guess what? You're gonna pay, yeah. You're going to pay for the TV. Yeah. You're not going to get the TV. No. And they're going to put it back on the shelf, and they're going to sell it to somebody else and get their money out of it. So they got paid twice for one thing. Right. I don't get paid. I have to sue the guy. I have to follow the lien, pray to God that eventually they sell the damn thing, or I can finally foreclose on it, and I can get my mm-hmm. money. You go to some states, man, you can go to the freaking district attorney's office and file fucking charges on them. I mean, it's just, it it needs to be yeah. across the board better. It's just, yeah. it's really it, it's really sad, man. You know, you watch a lot yeah. of good freaking dudes that mean well, that are doing the right thing, that aren't cheating and doing bad shit, and you know they're trying to. They're make the ones. That, they're the ones fucking pay in the end. Yeah, they're the ones that get fucked all the time, man. Yeah. And it, it's like, just I got you know, fucked for following the rules that you made that rigged it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, it's yeah. just as an industry, we need to change some shit. And I'll say that till the day I die. And I'll say that on this yeah. show till the day I die or the show dies. I, I, it's just, it all needs to change. And we need to come together as an industry and we need to fight. Yeah. A lot of guys are brainwashed, man. They, they, they think, you know, oh, I'm the greatest fucking blade hand in the world, blah, blah, blah. You can't tell me nothing. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to give you some humble pie for a minute, man. Cause guess what? At the end of the fucking day, you can always be better. There's always somebody better. I don't care yeah. who you are, what you do. There will always be somebody better. There's always somebody I'll bigger, work. better than you. You'll you'll eventually always. meet them one day, and they'll humble you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be in a might be in a little podunk bar in uh, you know right outside Fort Polk back in like 2014 on a Wednesday night. But yeah, hey, fuck it. It might be some second lieutenant in Colorado Springs, but you know, yeah, fuck right. Uh, used to be an MMA fighter, so yeah. you know. Found out the hard way that butter bar wasn't so buttery. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't that buttery. It was pretty slippery, actually. (laughs) 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 Well, um, my brother, thank you for coming on. Anytime, man. How can we reach you? Instagram. I think I'm uh, East Strubig or Eric Strubig on Instagram. It's kind of all I do. I think there there might be a TikTok out there, but I think Instagram is kind of the only way that I, I really blast stuff out there. If you could, guys, give us uh, our five stars on Spotify. Like, share, and subscribe on YouTube, please. Hit the notification bell so you can get notifications when we put new videos up. We also have a Patreon. Check it out. We got some cool shit we're starting to do on there. The Iron Eagle Roundtable is coming. I keep saying that. I know I've been saying that for months now. I just got to find the time to do it. (laughs) Did I say Iron Eagle? I meant the on-grade roundtable. Like, rate, and review on... uh, Apple, give us our five stars if you wouldn't mind. I don't care if it's my breast stinks or Eric's a badass. And uh, also uh, show some love over to the certified wrench, Colton, and shoot him a PM and tell him congrats on being a daddy. Everybody shoot up Devin. You know, he's up in Canada. You could probably use some love. I'm sure he's missing Texas in the warm weather. Yeah. So Probably sick of maple leaves and you know, Canadian geese. <laughs> but. but like I said, guys, if you could just uh, 
spread keep spreading the message we're doing great you know we've been averaging a thousand downloads a week i mean it's it's amazing you know i got nothing but thank you for all the support we do have on great hats so if you want one shoot us a pm it's 25 bucks plus shipping so wherever you're at we've sent them as far as canada already so not yeah. a big deal to send one in the u.s Plus, there's some sweet on-grade slaps in America and Canadian colors, if that's your floating thing. Yes, we do have the stickers and uh, both flags. I haven't been able to figure out how to do the Texas flag yet. I'm trying to do that, but it's not working out. If you could give love to uh, Eric's social medias, I'm going to put all the links for his stuff at the bottom. Also, check out the reading list that we have for you guys, Sun Tzu, The Art of War, and... uh, Traction, of course, everybody that's going into business should read that book. I don't care if you're selling yep. T-shirts or doing an excavation company um, or you're doing the stereotypical bro vet thing and starting a T-shirt company with a, with some whiskey. T-shirts or coffee. <laughs> Not a hit on anybody at all. Uh, <laughs> Got all the love for those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, thanks for listening and thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you next time. Stay classy. You've been listening to the On Grade Podcast. If you're wanting to get into the business, grow your business, or learn more about the trades of construction, this is your hub. Brandon and Devin both own excavation companies in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And on each show, you'll hear from the business owners and leaders that make the industry tick. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at on underscore grade TX. On Facebook at on grade podcast. On YouTube at on grade 5384. And find the show on Spotify and Apple. See you next time on the on grade podcast.